my wallet's empty, and that can only mean one thing. I went to my local comic book store, and if it's Wednesday, that means it's time for U.S. Comics Cast. Welcome back, Heroes and Zeros, to another installment of Comic Cast U.S. Comics Cast, not to be confused with Russia's comic cast <laughs> if it's u.s comic cast it must be hosted by the one the only the incredible the ostentatious the outrageous the thundering inferno the ceo of u.s comics the one the only john rivera oh yeah and i am joined this week as every week by the coo of U.S. Comics, the Braun to my Tyrion Lannister, the Dustin to my Steve Harrington, Charlie, don't squeeze the Charmin Rivera. What's up, sucker? How you doing, man? My uh, oh, my, my wallet is very empty this comic book day, well, so you know I'm in a good mood. How about you? I mean, you know, it didn't really have that far to go, to be totally frank, but that's all right. You know, empty is empty. It's, it's all right. I'm not too shabby, man. A little, you know, a little, little, uh, little warm out there lately, but other than the heat, everything's popping. I can't really complain. It's, it's unbelievable how even a heat wave a couple weeks ago didn't make me be okay with this heat. It's just too much. I just keep remembering snow's the other option, and I don't want that. I know. I just remember a time not too long ago. I mean, you, there are even some um, there's even some p- pictorial evidence floating around out there. If you're good at Google and things like that, there used to be these seasons called uh, fall and spring. It was the coolest thing. It was like actually in between winter and summer. What? It was like a segue period. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. I know it sounds nuts, but I'm not making it up. There used to be this entirely a different one half of the year that had moderate climates. That sounds like... It didn't like... go straight from freezing to your asses on fire and back to freezing again. I'm not really sure what happened, but it, I, I'm pretty, I have a pretty good memory of it. It, it used to be a thing. That sounds like lib nonsense. First that, then you I, keep you know, telling about these corded phones. <laughs> I don't believe that either existed. <laughs> Freaking the sun or next to Santa Claus. That's... That's the two yeah. seasons. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. And uh, you know what? It's it's not a bad not a bad segue there. It's something that probably you know uh, Channel Five News would have been pretty proud of because you know their their level of uh, professionalism is questionable. <laughs> but a decent segue, a decent segue nonetheless. So so going from that topic of things that you are you know hear about that are almost too good to be true, so to speak. Um, something that we spoke about only very briefly in our last conversation, which uh, kind of centered on San Diego Comic-Con and, and the news that was pouring out of San Diego uh, like like a stuck, like blood from a stuck pig. It was just pouring out. You couldn't stop it. Um, all kind of hemorrhaging information. You couldn't, you couldn't keep up with it almost. Uh, one of the things that we touched on very, very briefly, but in actuality rang in my head like uh you know like bugs bunny when he was messing with elmer Fudd and he would put like a, a trash can over elmer's head and then wail on it with a hammer or something like that <laughs> and it would just shake and rattle and roll and it would clearly it would stay with elmer for months and months but you didn't really see that kind of like post-traumatic stress in the cartoon because they cut it off right when uh, right when bugs got away um it absolutely stuck with me something that we were talking about only only slightly and that is None other than the only other brother tandem than uh, us that I have any real respect for, the very self-same Russo brothers announcing that they have acquired the rights to and are moving forward with an adaptation of Battle of the Planets. And this growing up, I mean, look, I grew up in the awesome 80s where clearly everything was better, <laughs> everything tasted better, everything was funnier, was everything looked better. I mean, I mean, even just the colors. When's the last time that you saw any active use in recent times of hot pink or lime green? <laughs> and especially together. 
everything was hot pink and lime green in the 80s. I mean, granted, there was also spring and fall, which was equally Again, awesome. Don't, but I don't the, acknowledge the 80s. <laughs> the 80s were just the very, very best. And and one of the amazing things about the 80s is that we were so self-centered and clearly everything that we had was the best and what everybody else had is the worst to the point where when we got our grubby mitts on something in the 80s even though unbeknownst to us it was actually a property from the 70s <laughs> that came from from japan that took 10 years to get to us here by the time we got our mitts on it we were like oh we're the best this is awesome this is clearly for us yeah, I'm not going to acknowledge that they're walking around in bell-bottoms. <laughs> Clearly, there's a very 70s vibe going on to their haircuts and outfits. Nah, we won't talk about that. These are five awesome characters running around dressed like birds. Their ship goes on fire. They're fighting big-eared aliens. Um, Battle of the Planets, a.k.a. G-Force themselves, is coming to the big screen and is being driven driven by the motorcycle sidecar combination of the Russo brothers. This is a very self-same Russo brothers that have done everything of true value in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Captain America, the Winter Soldiers them, Civil War is them, Infinity War, uh, Endgame is them. I mean, like the, 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 the movie that made the most money out of all the monies in the world is the Russo brothers. They're even... Um, they're even the dudes responsible for arrested development for community. It's it's just absolutely uh, obscene. I, if if you had given me one or two rubs of the magic lamp that Will Smith popped out of and said you can pick one thing, this very well may have been the thing I picked. And somebody must have gotten to that lamp before me because they wished for what I was gonna wish for, and now. I, you know, I, well, that's a lie. I probably was going to wish for a thousand wishes. But my second wish would have been Battle of the Planets movie. You would have settled and, for Battle um, of the Planets? It, yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a, like 1 and 1A one would have been the options there. I am so super excited for it. Um, and, and, and obviously, again, at this point, really all we know is that um, that, that, that vehicle is being driven by the Russo brothers, which puts me completely at ease. I'm at ease like a six-year-old, you know, going to sleep on his mommy's lap on a long road trip type of at ease. Uh, they, they can drive. I, I'll close my eyes, put my feet up, and just wake me up when we get there. I'm obviously going to be listening for news as it drops just out of sheer morbid curiosity, but I have complete and utter faith in them. Um, but, big but. Uh, this started kind of going down that process of our topic of conversation today. What else out there that if, if there were a couple of more rubs in the lamp, so to speak, um, to be had, what else out there are, are we collectively pining for? What is it that we're waiting for somebody somewhere somehow to announce that's just going to take you to half... Uh, from half staff to just full blown lookout uh, tented, um, you know th there are so many, so many properties out there um, that have yet uh, to kind of come to fruition. That um, I, you know, I I had a feeling that the laundry list was was going to be uh, a pretty long one, um, but yeah, that that's what I did want to talk about today. What what else is out there that we just cannot wait to friggin' see? I kind of was hoping this episode would be what giant mustaches showed up on things that we just accepted <laughs> as as you were waxing poetic i could i remembered that alex ross did a bunch of paintings of battle of the planets and i was like you could, <laughs> yes, you could adapt those costumes just straightforward <laughs> you could not adapt the hairstyles though <laughs> i think that's where the the world draws a line at just whoo that is a lot of product in yeah. that hair. Well, I, I will I will say this. Those middle Harry Potter movies, <laughs> it looks like that's precisely what they were trying to do. They were doing full side like a like side windstorm hairdos <laughs> like Bieber or or you know, like I don't even know what the hell was going on. Um yeah, no some of those hairstyles are completely uncreatable, uh, even with modern science being and CGI being what it is. They're probably gonna have to knock those hair hairstyles down just a little bit. 
Um, but oh my God, battle now! Now again, um, as uh, most people are not aware of this, because we'll often get the question when you and I are together. Uh, the most common question is, so which one of you guys is older? Yeah, we have a lot of blind um, which is friends. A, you know, a very, a lot a of very friends who have no question. eyeballs, um, and they're also completely shocked when the answer ultimately is. Uh, uh, regrettably, Charlie is actually younger. Much to much to everybody's surprise, Charlie is a tiny little bit younger. But I feel like, that I feel all like being entire, said, entire uh, <laughs> a, we could fit the Marvel Cinematic Universe between us and ages. But no, yeah, it's a very short amount of time. Uh, the next comic book I look Listen, forward to reading is your I gravestone you a, a because you're day. so <laughs> old. I know you you're have just a, a very this long is, this day. This is going to get the rage so out. I, is that the plan? I I'll let you. <laughs> oh, I I'll know it'll wake up. him up. I'll let you ease into the topic. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna gotcha man. Let me the, just the, kick the can a I'm little bit. I'm gonna gotcha man the fucking die out of your cupboard. You white hair piece of garbage. So, <laughs> uh, so, so in any case, as as a tiny little bit younger, just a smidge uh, younger than me, as you are. Are you like? Did you have a working knowledge of battle? Planets? You know, the, the, um, well, you know, or is it mostly just for a, a, a like a spillover of my love, contact love? It's exclusively it a, a spillover, and I don't think you had a lot of Battle for the Planet toys. I don't feel like that was. I a, mean, there weren't any. Yeah, it's like you had to. I had to literally make. Battle Just of the Planet on GI Joe's helmets for like <laughs> oh yeah my poor dad was taping and folding and painting all kinds of stuff we we I had custom Battle of the Planet toys you know, for <laughs> um, because again this was an import from Japan they didn't import everything um, so yeah we got the the we got the cartoon and we got the goofy sound uh, sound over um, but we didn't get. Uh, any of the awesome toys, even to this day. I mean, they 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 exist out there now, but they're not exactly easy. And to it's find. just such a a wonderful look. I remember that was really my only experience with them. Came much later in life when people were like, "Look at this crazy, crazy costume." That's kind of where it first came to me. Like everyone's kind of in heels. The boots are all very tall. <laughs> it was such a a, right. a prototype for Power Rangers. I remember it was kind of when Power they, Ranger Fever was out. People suddenly remembered mm. Battle for the Planets uh, or G-Force or Gotcha Man. Um, mm, damn straight. And and what was always uh, impressive to me is, again, I've been so trained as because of Power Rangers to be like, yeah, spandex is armor. That's fine. Throw a helmet on that guy. Throw a ha helmet <laughs> on that gal. And let's get to work. So it was always one of those things that I was always super interested in uh it, it felt spiritually very connected to voltron um to the point where i remember mm. being like really disappointed i'm like oh they just have like ships and the chick has a motorcycle what? um I, I, I uh excuse me how many ships do you know that fly around in space that can light on fire fire son in space where there's no I air <laughs> yeah it can still light on fire what's you don't worry about physics okay this is an awesome cartoon Shit going on here. The physics has has no place in it. Yeah, it could also become invisible. What's your point? It's the greatest, greatest ship of all time. I don't. I, Moving I don't on. disagree. I just remember <laughs> as a youth, I'm like, when does that thing connect with four other <laughs> ships and become a giant Voltron-esque robot? Yeah. No, that's that's just your own. Uh, you know, that's all your own entitlement. As a 90s this kid, isn't, this isn't, um, everything this needs to be exactly the same. This isn't my fault. The Japanese Spider-Man <laughs> had a robot. Everything from Japan. <laughs> this is true. Godzilla this is true. robot. I will say, I will say this. I will say this. Granted, there were not other matching uh, uh, ships that they could connect to to create a giant stupid robot. What they did, though, have is the world's very first uh, Apple Watch. <laughs> they clearly invented the Apple Watch. People want to say, like, that Dick Tracy did it. No, 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 no. G-Force, they rocked full on. I feel like they even had the Apple logo on it. I'm not <laughs> sure exactly how. Maybe there was some sort of uh, time travel situation going on with one of the animators. Um, but, yeah, they had the dope wristband communicators. Um, they were just... I mean, they were just the very best. I mean, ninja weapons while you're flying around in space, fighting big-eared aliens. I mean, what what could be what could be better? They're just honestly? they're what, just what, awesome. I good mean, luck. 
bottom line <laughs> is anytime one of the key characters, one thing Power Rangers always missed out was there's not a fat bastard on the Power Rangers, and that's wrong. <laughs> bottom yeah. line is every good five-some superhero force has one dude who like right. doesn't hit the gym with everybody else. He's like, we have magical <laughs> type powers, man. Yeah. Just always a silent Bob being like, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be in the gym in Hell a minute. yeah. Wait, but but here's, a, here's the other thing. Now, I don't know. I can't speak to the translation as it came to us from glorious Japan's origins. But the it's not just having the, the, the non-body shaming character that you have in there. It's it's not just that you need to also name him ironically. <laughs> so yeah, have a have kind of a, a portly non-carb counting character, but name him Tiny. Come on, man. How you gonna name the big guy Tiny with a straight face? It's isn't it bad enough you already have him dressed up like an owl <laughs> when everybody else who's like fit is dressed up like a like a dope bird of prey? Hawk, eagle, falcon, owl. Oh yeah, Tiny. You you yeah, you know you're cool. You know what the best part about, about Tiny though? Tiny Anyways. was like, I don't give a damn. What? I don't give. Yeah, man, I'll be the <laughs> owl man. He's like, yeah, I don't give a damn. Yeah, you know what? I'll be that, and I'll be brown and green. That How about be, that? I'm just happy that, to be here, that guys. Should be I'm just the happy adaptation. to be here. They should go right to uh, to to uh, the the cast of It's Always Sunny. Tell that muscular, <laughs> delicious bastard to be fat again, and let him just be like, yeah, baby, <laughs> owl. Reporting yeah. for duty. I can see that. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you, and and like uh, um, Danny DeVito could be Kyuk, and uh, oh, did we just cast the this for could them? be Princess? I think we just <laughs> cast this for the Russos. The worst part about it is the Russos will do this. They'll get all the credit, and the Rivera brothers will be outside in the cold <laughs> looking Everyone's in. Gonna call outside up. in the cold because. <laughs> There's no, there's no fall season, so it's gonna go straight from summer to the cold, and we're gonna be outside. Just, in it. Everyone's gonna That's call the them geniuses, and we'll be left out in the dark. One <laughs> thing at this point, I just yeah. don't understand that they haven't pulled the trigger on. It has been rumored mm. for no less than six years. No less than six years have I heard this comic book franchise is gonna get a movie or a TV show. Or an ad in Newsday? I don't know. But <laughs> how have we... It is 2019, right? We are a hop, skip, and a jump. From 2020, we still don't have a Moon Knight announcement? Oh, yeah. John, he's Marvel's Batman. Yeah, that's shocking. But interesting. Absolutely. It, <laughs> he is clad in all white. He's schizophrenic. Are are you are you kidding me? He came out oh, in 1989. I, 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 it's a great pull. I don't know how it hasn't been already. Well, I'm a liar. He came out in 1980. I'm thinking of um, I'm thinking of Moon Knight number one uh, uh, for for Mark Specter Moon Knight. Um, that was mm, kind of the first right, one right, I right. ever got my little mitts on. This same huh. thing has run consistently through the years. Again, another character who offers something for everybody. He has about 55 different origins, so you can pick uh, mm -hmm. any of them. Uh, he's born in Chicago. What other superhero picks up shop in not New York? Especially in the Marvel Universe, yeah, no, where true. you're begging for something uh, uh, different. If you go the Mark Spector yeah. route... He's a Jewish American rabbi's wayward son. What? Mm. The <laughs> sir, that's money waiting to be printed. Uh, he had been a heavyweight boxer before he became a Marine. Then he leaves the Marines to be a mercenary. Then he finds an Egyptian statue of a moon god. John, <laughs> that's Indiana Jones. That's Saving Private Ryan. That's the fiddler on the roof. It has all of it. <laughs> it has everything you need now. Wait, but but can I can of I course. just jump in on this? And you know, so so obviously anyone who's who's in the know comic book wise, um, the one of the things that you can say for Batman is that he has one of the most interesting, most extended, most uh, like the deepest roster 
of of villains. Like his rogues gallery is deep, like the Yankees no lineup. Doubt. Much as I am a chagrin to it to admit, um, which is fine. But I mean, if you say what. Who's Batman's arch arch nemesis? Who who's his arch rival? You're not really gonna come with Penguin. You're not gonna really come with Riddler. You're, you're not even gonna talk about Two Face. You're gonna say Joker, and ultimately Joker's true uh, ability. You know his his the, the most dangerous thing about him is that he's batshit crazy. No no yeah, pun intended. Not a little bit intended. Um, yeah, fifty percent, fifty fifty. Um, but but ultimately again, that's who you're talking about. So you're like, oh, so just like fucking everybody else who I'm driving on the streets of Manhattan with every day, you mean like those people? Because those are some jokers. What are you talking about? Joker is the best that you can come with. That's the best. Uh, uh, that's the best opposite across the field general that you can line up against uh, Batman. I guess so. And and again, you know this this uh, this new Joker movie that's coming out supposed to be a game changer. Supposed to have less than dick to do with any comic books that have ever been produced regarding the character or the content. So I know there's going to be plenty of ape shit flying through the air when this thing <laughs> drops. But I've also heard all kinds of like uh, all kinds of positive things talking about the production, the performance. You know, it's going to win awards. This and the other thing. Blah blah blah. Whatever it is, fine, fine, fine. That that's for another day. But when you're talking about Moon Knight, who's allegedly just a knockoff of Batman on the other side of the aisle, um, the you know literally the 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 uh, the, the flip side, the, the carbon copy, the negative, so to speak, of Batman. Batman's all black. Moon Knight's all white. He's different. <laughs> um, when you're talking about Moon Knight, you have to talk about his nemesis, who is one of the most nastiest. Like, when you're talking about just evil characters in comic book, them, how, how Shadow Knight doesn't come up in conversation is absolutely mind-boggling. Shadow Knight is the absolute tits when it comes to, uh, when it comes to villains. I mean, the dude, would, his, his, uh, his origin, his backup, uh, his introduction, so to speak, um, what he turned into... Shadow Knight from he was a serial killer who had the greatest perhaps name of any serial killer in comic books his he was called Hatchet Man are you kidding me going around New York City killing nurses you got to be kidding me this guy this guy takes the Joker's powdery white face and wipes his butt with it and uh you know when uh when <laughs> when when harlequin shows up looking for looking for the big boss man he probably takes her out for a nice nice chicken dinner and never calls her again because that's that's who uh, shadow knight is so no no i'm with you i'm all about moon knight man he's the, freaking the amazing one thing i want to say before before i i fantasy book my moon knight movie uh, you know, because the comparison between Moon Knight and Batman is is kind of ever living. Uh, you you just kind of hit mm -hmm. the nail on the head with even just the kind of rogues gallery talk. A lot of times, Moon Knight gets yep. discounted because really he has his number one, which, like you said, arguably mm -hmm. much better. But then it kind of uh, it, it kind of fades away into the night to very yeah, kind of forgettable. But in 2006, when they relaunched Moon Knight, Charlie Hudson, who wrote that series. He, he kind of hit the criticism right on. He was doing an interview with Comics Fan, and I'm not going to read you the whole thing, obviously, but the way he capped it, I love. He said, Batman is motivated by vengeance for the wrong done to his parents. Mark Spector, Moon Knight, however, is motivated by vengeance as a concept. So he's right. like, oh, something wrong, I presume, has happened? I'm going to wreck shop. Right. There's no line to cross. There's no line. He doesn't look at it as black and white. He looks at it as black. Like, he's like, nope, you probably done <laughs> fucked up, A.A. Ron. Uh, which is brilliant. Also, when we're looking at comic book movies moving forward, we're going to have the staples that do the superhero movie route. Which is why when we heard about Blade last week, we got so excited. It's different. It's uh -huh. it's it's a different type of story to tell because all of these other stories in in differing degrees of success or failure fundamentally a lot of times feel the same it was the big criticism about something like let's say doctor strange 
Doctor Strange is Iron Man, but it's not as good. That's what a lot of people said, not just me ranting and raving during the film and ruining it for everyone. Mark Spector doesn't have an alter ego. <laughs> he doesn't have, it's not Mark Spector and Moon. He has three alter egos. So he deals with personal demons, such as, uh, let, let's say, fighting criminals. And then he has a psychological toll, uh, toll that causes this disassociative identity disorder. Dude, the man's a nut job on every level, clinically, societally, and socially, which is pretty much societally, but I forgot the other third thing I was going to say. <laughs> and I think right now we kind of are just coming out another huge wave of Keanu Reeves fever, but we know when the next when when his next big hit comes out, be it Bill and Ted 3, be it the the next uh, John Wick movie, it's going to come back with a vengeance and that's when I think you announce you've casted Keanu Reeves as Moon Knight, wow. I think if you look back at the Constantine wow. movie, look back at the work he did in Constantine. Now, forget it's supposed to be Hellblazer. Forget it's supposed to be the comic book. Look at the performance. It's a nuanced actor's actor performance. You give him the freedom to really develop Moon Knight with the, with the creative force that you put behind him any director or directors with a sense of who Moon Knight is that's willing to sit and really, really figure out this character with Keanu Reeves, I don't guarantee a hit, John. I guarantee a trilogy worth of hits that'll shame every trilogy before it. We're still waiting for the perfect superhero trilogy. Uh, Raimi couldn't do it with Spider-Man. I don't care what anyone says. Mm -hmm. Nolan did not do it with Dark Knight. Sorry, he didn't. No. Even he You're allowed to love it. People are allowed to love these things. I love all the Superman movies that Chris Reeves starred in. Doesn't make the last two mm. good. It means I love them. It's a different thing. We're still waiting for the right character, the right time, and the right story device. And in that regard, I don't know if you can pick a better character to run with then Moon Knight. I genuinely don't think you can. Here's all I want you to visualize. I won't make the whole trailer for you, and then we'll kick it over to you for the next choice. Right. I want you to visualize the end of a trailer. You do a you do a, a dark okay. trailer. You're not really seeing what's going on. I want to go uh, early 2000s where the action's almost being hidden. I want people to see the first 10 seconds of this trailer and think the director didn't know what they were doing because everything's just a blur. Then I want in perfect focus, <laughs> right. breaking through the all black background, the complete white suit, the hooded version. I want to go classic Moonlight with, with a little bit of blood okay, on the okay. knuckles. And he walks into frame. We get, boom, the title card. People are pissing themselves, bro. The promise of a proper Moon Knight. A real costume. He's not in gray. He's not in CG. He's not in armor. I want to do Moon Knight. I want to do it right. And I think the man for the job is Sir Keanu Reeves. That's right. I knighted him. Boom. Boom. A boom. <laughs> Send me my well, check, Marvel. Moon Knight has to be a knight. So <laughs> not knight him away. That's, uh, that, that's I think, completely appropriate. That's pretty dynamite. I mean, I would... I would be online for the for the midnight showing the Thursday of opening for that without question. That would be absolutely outstanding. So I got to ask you, man. Let's say they say yes to Battle of the Planets. What's next on that list? Hmm. You got your thousand wishes. You got your beautiful car. You got your tremendous home with a 95 oh. car garage. You've opened your own theater. Sure. You have enough suits to put right. any sort of suit owner to shame. I forgot the main character's name for <laughs> Mad Men. It is late. Don't judge me. Wow. I want to know. Gee, that's too what late What are you that. producing? Me and Don Draper are judging you hard <laughs> Well, right Don now Draper wasn't really Don Draper. Scotch. He stole that identity. So I don't remember <laughs> what his bullshit name was. Steve Majenovitz. Yeah, but Don Draper and and, and Dick, we're, we're both looking at you funny. So how about, how about that? Um, so, so yeah, so, so I, I give the, uh, the lamp a little hee hee rub and, um, so, so my, my initial project now, uh, when we first started kind of, uh, uh, mental masturbation over the topic, 
Uh, and, and actually something that I've heard about developmentally, you know, they've flirted with the idea uh, for a long time of, uh, in, in much the same way that, you know, that our boy who is the bomb in Phantoms, yo, <laughs> was just absolutely dynamite playing, uh, you know, playing the original TV Superman. Um, I always had thought in the back of my mind, an awesome movie to be made and could really almost be a pair of movies and you can interject Superman here and there whenever it was appropriate, would have been a movie um, kind of chronicling the, the process, the development, the creation of the character and the lives of the creators of Superman, Siegel and Schuster. I've always thought that for the longest time, ever since I first heard their amazing story, you know, two young Jewish kids growing up poor, they only, you know, they say like, uh, there's only a couple ways out of the hood, so to speak. Um, and, and for, for these guys, you know, art was, was, you know, they, they drew their sums out, you know, so to speak. If Lin-Manuel Miranda was, was going to drop a musical about him, there would be a number called, I drew my way out, <laughs> uh, for sure. But that, that all being said, um, reality sometimes can hamstring you in the creative process. Um, so then my mind automatically went to one of my absolute favorite novels of all time. And to be totally honest with you, I kind of, um, I, I do carry a, a little bit of guilt because I've, I've bought you copies of many of my favorite books uh, in a range of topics. Um, but this is actually one that I, I have never got you a copy of. So Son I don't even know if you've read it. Um, have, have, <laughs> have you had the occasion, the time, or the wherewithal to read the amazing adventures of Cavalier. I have not. I own a copy. I do own uh, a copy, though. You do own a copy? Get out of here. Well, I don't yeah, know how that happens. Does somebody it's slip the, it? It's on the pile of need Really? Well, well, put it on the top of your pile because it is, for me, it's right up there with American Gods. It's 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 right up there. You know, I mean, honestly, it's, it's up there with anything that Stephen King has written. Um, I mean, you know, it's in Hemingway category for, for me. It is absolutely outstanding, outstanding novel. Matter of fact, um, you may have come across some of the content, um, some of the uh, Dark Horse comics actually published uh, uh, a series or two of comic books based on the character that is created within the book. So it's like, you, you know, they talk about movies that are like, Oh, it's a movie within a movie or a yeah. show within a show or blah, 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 blah. Like these these uh, kind of more highbrow concepts. So um, for, for any, anyone listening who's not familiar or for yourself who only kind of maybe knows the back cover, <clears throat> so to speak, um, this is a movie, uh, this is a book rather, came out came out around, came around the late 90s or maybe early, to, eh, probably the late 90s, maybe, maybe 2000, 2001. Um, but in any case... Um, won the Pulitzer Prize for fiction, actually. That like this is this is no joke. Almost universal acclaim. But um, and the story is going to sound somewhat familiar. So the the novel follows the actual lives, the everyday lives of two Jewish cousins, um, an artist uh, Joe Cavalier, and uh, a writer uh, named Sammy Clay. And this is, uh, this is, it actually takes place kind of over the process of World War II. Um, they, they become major figures within the comic book industry um, from like when it very first started all the way into its golden age. Um, so this is like a novel about our absolute, the, you know, what we heart the most. Um, so you can picture every, every, every page, every paragraph can almost be paneled in your mind as a, as a comic the way that it's written is is so perfectly speaking to its kind of niche audience but i mean when i say uni universal acclaim i mean everybody loved this book new york times bestseller um nominated for the uh the the uh, the national books critics circle award and the faulkner award and blah 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 um just just absolutely unbelievable but long story short um, it, it, it follows these two Jewish cousins um, who, in essence, in their, their struggles, they end up creating a, a, a comic book character named The Escapist. 
and they end up you know writing these stories and the stories are the stories that they create about this fictional character are also it within the book itself but like in in long form and narrative form um and and you know it talks about like how one of the characters escapes you know escapes the nazis and like gets to america and i mean i i i don't want to blow it and, and tell tell everybody you know i don't want to bury the lead and tell everybody the beginning middle and end of the actual book uh never mind to say that it is very very reminiscent of siegel and schuster um, it's very, very reminiscent of, um, in terms of the, the, the superhero that they create. It's an anti-fascist superhero. And I mean, like when you, when you read about him or, or kind of like picture him in your mind over what they're reading, it's like, he's a combination of Houdini, of, of Batman, of Captain America, um, just, and, and, and like an absolute awesome character. Now within the book itself, he becomes tremendously popular much and again this is the direct correlation to uh, to superman so like in that same way he becomes kind of this novel's version of superman in terms of popularity and and everybody's like uh wants a piece so to speak but the original writer and artist of the comic they get the dick end of the bag they get totally screwed no. over um it takes them a little while oh yeah yeah uh, it takes them a little while to kind of realize how they're being exploited and you know they have their own uh, their own um, um, issues to contend with I mean uh, uh, the, the one the one cousin that actually escaped from Nazis and, and the war like uh, like I think in Prague his family was still there he's, he's trying to get them out he's falling in love with this like this chick who kind of has her own uh, thing going on um, the one cousin's like he doesn't know what his sexual identity is going on, so he's trying to advance in his professional year, his career, his little career, but he's also trying to stay alive on the mean streets, so to speak. And, um, you know, it takes place over a relatively, you know, like a fairly, fairly deep period of time. So you're really getting to see a huge chunk of their of their lives and their of their timelines. Um, and, and I just think, I mean, from beginning to end, again, when you're talking about um, the the properties that produce the best uh, material, be it be it long form TV programs, you know, like uh, what Netflix and HBO is doing, or or up on a big screen if you have, you know, a couple if you have like a trilogy or something like that, which would be absolutely outstanding. I mean, this is taking stories that you know, like that we've heard about for years and years, only kind of getting some of the fuzzy details, you know, the, the messed up things of some of our heroes, the Jack Kirby's, the Bob Kane's, the Stan Lee's, Siegel and Schuster, Will Eisner. I mean, the, 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 the heroes that have given us so much of, of what we cherish to this day to kind of take us out of the doldrums of regular everyday life bullshit. Um, these poor, artists and creators they got the, a bag of dicks for their effort i mean it wasn't for for the most part all of them it wasn't until much much later in their lives that i think they really got the opportunity to appreciate how much they were kind of loved you know by 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 nerds like us um but here again is a, a person per, perfect combination of all these you know these narratives you know with a single story that they could shape um, and then again, the escapist, the, the character that they come up with, that, that they invent within the book, is friggin' awesome to boot also. So it's just, I mean, I, you know, I'm not trying to sell books here. I'm, I'm not I'm not Amazon. Um, but I would highly recommend anybody listening go out and check this out. Um, but, big but here, if I get my little hee-hee-hee, a rub, rub of the lamp wish... Maybe you don't even have to read it. Maybe you could just go see my movie iteration of it. Um, and again, it, it won't mean very much. So I'll, I'll keep it. I'll keep it uh, quick because I know you're not really super familiar with the source material. But for me, what I absolutely would do as the cousins, I would cast none other than uh, you know the, the the new Star Wars trilogy veterans as the cousins, Oscar Isaac's and Adam nice. Driver. Put them up on the big screen, right where they belong. They absolutely look like they could be related. You know, not a brother situation, but cousins. Hell yeah, absolutely. They even grow, they even grow facial hair at the same rate. And then for the, uh, you know, for the for the superhero character that they create, who has a has a is very very present in the context of the book. 
because again they're 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 telling you the stories that they create for this uh, character give me ryan gosling because he in his in his blondest version is the absolute picture perfect escapist uh the character that they create and and i think but the the combination of the real life struggle not real life but the based in reality struggles two two jewish kids kind of dealing with world war ii issues and you know everything that that means the the uh the fictional escapism of the superhero world i mean it is just a freaking home run ready and waiting to be hit out of the park uh you know i i i could probably be satisfied with you know i don't need the trilogy i could probably do it in two movies or, or like a, a full, like a long 10 episode season, something like that on Netflix. If anybody's looking, you can make the check out to John King Dingling Rivera and I will make it happen because this project needs to come to reality. I just, I just want to hug it in its dumb face. I want to hug it in its dumb face. <laughs> you know, this week was, was tremendously exciting in its own right for, for adaptations. And it put a, it, it, it put and a- how? huge fire in my head amazon just released the boys um it is it is arguably your yes. perfect adaptation and it just had my head i it's just, on, just started it only gets better it's it's first episode is is just damn near perfect and it had me thinking about in the last few years with with you know my comic book store visits becoming more and more frequent me trying more more and more books on there's very few that out of the gate get perfect scores and start a huge buzz um so of course on any list like this we got to talk vibe i'm just kidding i'm just kidding uh <laughs> but as far as sto- as far as stories starring latino characters uh you know a lot of times they're they're relegated to being the the aftermarket refresh. Uh, I love, I, I mm. you know, I, I love Robbie Reyes as the Ghost Rider, but he's just another Ghost Rider to a lot of people. I think of there's course. one example yeah. of a character that actually brought something wildly new to his namesake, and I'm uh, I'm going to talk about Sam Alexander from the comic book series Nova. Uh, this debuted back in 2011 in Marvel Point One, um, brought to us by, of course, two legends of the industry, Ed McGinnis and Jeff Loeb. What this does so so differently is it stars a young character with all of the gravitas of Nova, uh, kind of off to the side. So we get to relearn about the Nova Corps through these fresh eyes. He's a 16-year-old living in Arizona. His father's a drunk who rambles about being Nova Centurion uh, and kind of sharks his duties as janitor at his son's school. His mother is a, is a homemaker who just is sick of the husband and hoping the best for her son. What happens? The old man goes missing. The kid tries on the helmet. And what do we know? We're off to the races. He winds up waking up with characters we've already been introduced to. These stories enjoy uh, include rather uh, the Chitari returning to Earth, Rocket Raccoon and Gamora mm-hmm. train him on how to be a member of the Nova Corps. It's it's an amazing, nice. amazing take on a character in his short lifespan. Just 2011, he came out. He has been a member, of course, of the Nova Corps, the New Warriors, the New Avengers, the Avengers proper, Shield, and Champion, um, oh, Champions rather. It's because people can't have enough of them. He made an appearance on the cartoon series Ultimate Spider-Man already, and I have the perfect, I have the perfect actor for him. Very, very uh, up and coming, but I wanted to go full on. Uh, accurate. The reason that this new Spider-Man, I think, works so well is we're able to see him kind of grow up with the character. Um, since since the new Spider-Man kind of joined the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he's already kind of aged out where he's supposed to be, but at least he still looks the part. So I'm going to go even <laughs> younger. I'm going to go Marcel Ruiz, the 13-year-old child actor who, self, who described himself once as a Puerto Rican supreme athlete actor. 
uh, which just makes my heart happy. Um, he's currently starring in Netflix's original reboot of One Day at a Time, so you know he knows how to take a script and uh, and at least pump it out quick with those uh, kind of uh, soap operas. He looks the part. I think there's enough side characters that make this a very, very easy story to own into in a world where we may not get 10 more Guardians of the Galaxy films. It keeps us in space. It lets the Marvel Corps kind of run even more. So if we're going the Marvel Corps route, my brain went one place and one place only. And I got to ask you, who's the most interesting Nova Corps member we've been introduced to in the cinematic universe so far? I mean, it's got to be Captain Marvel. Ah, you would think that, but I'm thinking of a fluffy. I'm thinking of a fluffy-haired man who starred in such hits as uh, uh, well. He was a side character in Anchorman. He he worked a lot with Will Ferrell. He starred in one of my absolute favorite movies of all time, Step Brothers. I mean, did did we just become <laughs> best yep. friends? I'm throwing that curly-haired, delicious bastard, <laughs> and I'm making him the father of our new Nova because I think it would be hilarious. Uh, that'd be freaking amazing. I mean, honestly, there has nothing. I can't think of a single thing that John C. Riley has done that I absolutely haven't loved. Even the worst absolute dog turrets that he, that he has been a part of he has been the absolute shining golden nugget little kernel of corn in there that you're like, wow, that that shit really stinks. But look at that, look at that cute little kernel of corn. It That's also John makes C. Riley. It, it adds a wonderful layer to his performance in Guardians of the Galaxy because if you now add on that he <laughs> yes, was like yeah. bouncing from his responsibilities on Earth, he has a lot more in common suddenly with Star Lord. It's layers, baby. I just made nachos in the Marvel universe. <laughs> You're welcome, Marvel Universe. <laughs> There'll be some slight retconning we have to do, but hell, we have like 14 mandarins already. I think it could work. I think it could work. <laughs> I dig that. I just I feel like it's it's a it's a need right now. It's another young actor. We're going to sell tons of toys. We're we're hitting them from every angle, man. We're hitting them from every angle. No, you're you're not, you're you're absolutely not wrong at all. And you know what? Those type of like uh, connections where if you don't lay it on the table, like you know, like Thanksgiving dinner, and just people shove it in their face before they even really know what what's in front of them, make them work for it a little bit. You know what? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll cook your your turkey Thanksgiving dinner, but you got to go outside and catch the turkey first, pluck it. And pull its guts out before I jam it in the oven with grandma's uh, <laughs> grandma's favorite stuffing. Um, you know, you you get you gotta earn it every once in a while. No, I, I can completely appreciate that. That that's just a imagine dynamite imagine pole. just the very well, first scene. Ask- you open it up very similar to Guardians of the Galaxy. We're gonna play a lot with music. But we're gonna use newer music because it's a mm-hmm. it's a modern story. And you see a, a bumbling janitor. Sure. Boom! It, it, it's it's Johnny Boy just drunk like a, a skunk you show the kid super embarrassed then you cut to him at home and it's his dad come on I, I, come on man I, I can't do it for you Marvel I mean I can call me do you have another do you have another wish in that Absolutely, lamp like challenge accepted um I do I do and I, I know we're kind of up against the clock uh, so to speak so I'm gonna I'm gonna make this one a really quick one people I think are gonna be far more familiar with it um, and by people, I mean, clearly mean you and mom. Um, but now, now I want to to uh, kind of put this out there with the understanding that I, much like everyone else in the universe, have heard the uh, the stipulation that this will never be uh, adapted as anything else by a comic. I've heard that a billion times. Every time I pick up the most recent saga. Everyone has to feel like it's their responsibility to throw out there, you know, that's never going to be adapted into a movie or series. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that too, mouth-breathing moron, but I can still dream. That's what this country is about. I can still dream, and when I dream, I... 
I rubbed the magic lamp and I start thinking about what an adaptation of Saga would look like. Saga, the absolute dirty, scrappy love child from New Year's Eve night of Star Wars and Game of Thrones. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Saga, the space opera, the down and dirty bounty hunting mother trucker that uh that i read on a regular basis god if you are not reading saga you what what are you even doing with your life don't even bother passing go do not collect 200 dollars. do not eat dinner do not ask santa for anything for christmas unless it's every issue of saga that has ever been printed if you're not reading saga <laughs> i hate you i hate you ron burgundy um I absolutely, obviously love Saga. Um, so when you're talking about fantasy adaptations and things like that, um, Saga is almost always right on the tip of my tongue. Um, it's again, it's a huge world, which is one of the really, uh, one of the best things about it. But when you're talking about the fantasy casting, I'm gonna just keep it really, really tight with the the main players, or also known as my my favorite ones. Um, so. So again, if I if I just name drop, you're gonna be right with me, of course. Um, so so for the for the uh, um, for the for the couple that make Romeo and Juliet look like two poison drinking bitches, Alana and Marco, I want uh, to play the lovely badass, take no shit, Alana. I want Ooh. Zoe Kravitz. Who is more perfect for Alana than Zoe Kravitz? She can do she can do everything, including having. Beautiful parents that I wouldn't <laughs> kick either one of them out of bed if I'm being totally honest with you. Um, just absolute beautiful, but on the same token, you feel pretty confident can break your nose at the drop of a hat for no good reason. Even it's not a, she doesn't even need a justifiable like, reason you, to saw off and punch you in the face. Oh, uh, you're like, oh, I taste the inside of my nose. I really appreciate that, Zoe. Um, but yeah, and 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 to for her, uh, like to the one who's bending her. Hard heart. I think that Taron Egerton wow, would be absolutely perfect. The man is absolutely on a roll. He is on a roll. He would be so good as Marco. He has that kind of sardonic, uh, you know, that that tilting lilt to his smile. You know, I could definitely see him rocking two giant horns on his head. Uh, I mean, look, he can go from looking like Ali G to looking looking like. GQ smooth within the same movie. If you can do that, you can <laughs> definitely pull off horns. Um, I think they would be absolutely an awesome, awesome Alana and Marco. And for the Will, and for his uh, a perfectly named Lion Cat, you know, I'll, I'll obviously leave that to CGI magic. But for the Will, and it's almost as I, I kind of want it to be almost uh, as a as a uh, an olive branch. From the comic loving community to this talented, talented man who is, is ever present, who is almost always in every piece that he's in, the best, most talented actor. So much to the point where you're like, you don't even think he's acting, he's just being that thing. He's such a talented dude. Um, for the will, I can only see Tom Hardy. And with my apologies, with the check. For Saga that he that I slip under his trailer door, I also wanted to be a full-on apology love letter saying how sorry I am that he had to be a part of a stinking, slimy, black, veiny, gross piece of shit like Venom because it's not his fault. Venom was not his fault. He tried. He tried. The worst thing he did in Venom was say, "Yeah, okay, sure, I'll do Venom." Um, otherwise, he he absolutely has no uh, he has no guilt at all. Um, but that was a real piece of shit movie. And and I think can 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 you just imagine um, that that kind of that billboard as you're driving down the LIE, seeing these names come at you with the with their visages, and uh, and also for for the Will's um, bounty hunting um, ex you know ex fiance the one who's on his heels. And ultimately picks up kind of the the pieces. No, no, uh, I don't want any spoilers there. Um, but kind of continues on the the project. Who better for Gwendolyn than I know? Absolutely has a special place in Charlie's heart. Hell yeah. Rosario Dawson. Couldn't you see her as a per? Now, granted, I understand. Man, she got a couple of years on on Tom Hardy. Maybe maybe a couple months. But that even works for the freaking character. Um, 
I think she would be absolutely perfect, perfect, perfect for it. How far along are you in Saga right now? Just so I don't, I don't uh, bury the lead on what that What are they either. up to? Like 15 books? 15 trades at this point? I mean, yeah. That, yeah there are, do you, I do don't, you yeah. it as trades? Yeah. Exclusively? So I think I'm on seven? Ah. So I'm still, I'm still a while back. Okay, okay. All right, I got gotcha. you. Well, well, again, obviously, as you know, Gwendolyn has a major, major uh, function. But it, early on in the process, you do really have to get from point A to point B. And I think, obviously, that's going to be a big part of whatever storyline that they're going to run with initially. And I, I realize that she is not uh, a teenager, uh, so to speak, in terms of biological years. But she absolutely has the, the perfect personality for it and considering that she's gonna you know she's gonna be translucent <laughs> and you're only gonna see her upper body and her dangling guts anyway for for isabel the babysitting ghost you have to give Fuck me yes. Aubrey Plaza. i'm sorry just the i read every one of her lines in the comic and i hear aubrey plaza's voice she is absolutely awesome and you know granted she she has a a, a, a nice uh, she has a nice uh, percentage of the uh, of the screen time pie in Legion, which is a dynamite, dynamite project. Probably the best mutant X-Men thing that I think that they've made at all. And I'm looking straight <laughs> at you, Logan. Um, I think Legion just kind of really sets the pace for the mutants. Um, and, and she's awesome on Legion, but this I really think would give her her more so her her due diligence uh, to really kind of give something juicy to run with, and I, I think she would do an awesome job. But again, I, I know we're brilliant. up against time, that's but that that would absolutely be my. I'm gonna throw in one of my wishes to help make that happen. Yeah, you're right. Verbatim. I'm gonna end with with just uh, <laughs> just the title, and all I need is the director because I want to give full creative control. Uh, she's the woman behind Wonder Woman, Patty Jenkins herself who I just adore, um, you know, such a such a brilliant mind, such a wonderful director. I do think she needs a, she gets and it. She gets and it. with that, there's only one, one director, I think, that can really, really get into this material, take a few years to adapt it proper, plan to do as many as people want to see, uh, and I would put Patty Jenkins in charge of Bitch Planet. Uh, it would be it would be it would be oh, hard wow. as hell to advertise. It would be hard as hell to get across. <laughs> but in this day and age, the 2014 Best Writer Eisner Award nominee. Uh, I can't believe she didn't win. I thought she actually won for for Bitch Planet. As I started yelling that, um, <laughs> <laughs> Bitch Planet uh, is brilliant. It's just that it's a it's a it's a a, a prison planet in essence. Filled with bitches, and I mean that uh, in not even the uh -huh. slightest derogatory way. In just the the very exactly. best way possible. Uh, I think Patty Jenkins would take this material and run with it. I don't think it would prevent her from doing more Wonder Woman yeah. flicks. I think this is something she can do, uh, no, no. not simultaneously, but you do Wonder Woman, you wrap on Wonder Woman, you start those production meetings for Bitch Planet. I think it would help yeah. steer the direction of both because she kind of gets her 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 dessert along with her meal every bite because at the end of the day <laughs> wonder woman is is right. is holding up the dceu uh by her mighty shoulders bitch planet could be a very very selfish endeavor <laughs> it's made for a specific crowd i think it has tremendous crossover appeal i think this is one of those things if people find it if people are sent to the theaters to go see it if they find a hook i think they're going to make a make a mint it's a tremendous story and again, I'm not Amazon, but I'm not nah, going to kick you out of bed if you want to help yourself to a collected <laughs> volume. Uh, it's nah. it's going to serve you well. I think we made some mighty wishes, and hopefully Blue Will Smith will make these happen. Oh, yeah. For the CEO, Johnny <laughs> Boy Rivera, I'm the COO. Uh, yeah. It's my bedtime, so we're going to get the hell out of here. Until your next comic book <laughs> day, find us online, rate, comment, subscribe, and hell, just tell us what your opinions are. Peace. Mm -hmm. Peace.